0: Right. I, don't such anxiety. No, <laughs> I don't know if you guys just did the workout with us or you didn't and you're just joining in now, but if you didn't do the workout, it's a fun one, isn't it? It was fun. It's a good one to go back to. Um, oh, can you grab that right there and ask Nancy to take um, the dogs away? So that'd be great. All right. Let me take that little microphone through here so we get a little closer to us. Awesome. Yep. Perfect. We're good. Huh? From pizzazzer to speaker. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, um, this is my very, very good friend, Julie, and I just so appreciate that Julie is willing to do this. I mean, if you struggle with anxiety and you struggle with <laughs> speaking in front of people, alrighty, here we go. We're going to put you to the test. That's why I did the workout before this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Julie, I met her years ago. And we have been just really, really good friends. And I feel like she's someone that I could go to and say anything to and there'd be no judgment. And I was thrilled when a couple years ago, she asked me to, to kind of mentor her, I guess would be the word, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, and Julie has an, an interesting, I, I wanna say challenge, okay? Cause she is a pastor's wife. And I think often there are expectations on people in ministry and that you shouldn't struggle because you're so close to God. And I tell you, some of the most godly people I know struggle still with anxiety, depression, fear, different things. Just when when we say yes to Jesus, it doesn't mean all of our struggles will be gone, right? Jesus says, in this world you will have struggles. And, you know, some of us, it's not anxiety. It might be turning to food for comfort. Um, can Facebook hear us? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, it might be, you know, there's just so many things that we can struggle with, but most of us have something if we're being real. Mm-hmm. Well, look at Paul.
1: You know, he had the,
0: yeah. <laughs> Look at Paul. i have like, you have to talk loud. <laughs>
1: Come here, Mike. But um, you look at Paul and he had, what they said, the thorn in the side, you know, even though he was one of the greatest men of God, God didn't take it away. Yeah. Um, and God said, He, I'll, I'll use your weakness, you know, in your weakness you are strong. So, yeah, I yeah. think it's sometimes God uses that. So,
0: It's so true, you know, it's what you do kind of with your pain. I remember reading a Henry Nouwen quote and he said something like, um, you know, we all so often want to get rid of the pain points in our life. But the question is, can you use that pain point as a reminder of your dependence on God? Mm-hmm. When you, when that kind of rears what we would say is an ugly head, maybe it's really just what we need in order to stay dependent. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanna start by just saying a couple little facts that I saw on anxiety. Cause you know, it was interesting. I had said to my husband on Sunday, you know, I'm gonna be speaking on anxiety and you know, I got my I got plenty of struggles, but this is not one of my struggles. I have not experienced anxiety. I've never I've never had a panic attack. And that, you know, is tough. And then the next day, Julie came to class and we started talking about this and I was like, "Hey, what would would you be willing?" And she literally was like, "Hey, if God can use me and my story to help someone else, I'm in." So I thought that was a beautiful response. Um, but anxiety um, anxiety disorders affect over 40 million people in the U.S. 40 million adults. 8% of children struggle with anxiety. Um, it typically starts before the age of 21. Globally, it's 13 in 1 people. One in 13. <laughs> One in 13. That would be interesting. <laughs> We're going to have our next <laughs> talk on multiple personalities. <laughs> no chance um, if you have that. But here, listen to this. An- anxious moments are common, okay? But here's what we are using as kind of an anxiety disorder description. Is persistent, seemingly uncontrollable and overwhelming, excessive, irrational dread of everyday situations, anxiety that interferes with daily activities. That's more what we're referring to when we're talking about anxiety disorders. Now, I think what we're sharing today will help even with that mild, like you just kind of feel anxious at times. And I'm really praying that it will help with those of you who struggle more intensely. So I'm going to open us in prayer, and then Julie's going to introduce herself, and we're going to then dive into the five different things. Um, Heavenly Father, I am so thankful that you're here with us. We need you. We need you now. We need you every moment of our life. God, help the words that Julie and I speak be your words. God, we want to be messengers. We want it to be your message. God, you are the answer. We know that. And we know that without you, we'll never, never make it in this world. But God, I know there's also some practical things, some things that you've put on Julie's heart to share. And those practical things, I hope, also help people to be set free from this. Your word tells us that, um, you know, Jesus came to set us free, not to return back to the the bondage of slavery to be free. And we are just praying boldly, expectantly, and with lots and lots of love for you, that you would free people from this. Um, Thank you so much for giving our life purpose and meaning. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so again, uh, I'm going to ask Julie just to kind of introduce, tell, uh, tell you guys a little bit about kind of the struggle she's had and um, I'm going to ask her to talk loudly because I have a tendency to talk loudly. So,
1: um, Okay, so I would say, uh, I, I, I knew she was going to ask me this question so I was pondering um, the anxiety in my life and honestly I think it started as a kid. Um, I was a worrier as a kid. I was the kid that um, always went to the nurse with a stomach ache. Um, if my mom's watching, she can attest to this, that the nurse would probably call my mom three times a week, Julie's here again with a stomach ache, and my mom just had her saying, just bring her back to, you know, send her back to class. Um, I was the kid that uh, slept in my mom and dad's room till I was probably eight or nine. I um, was afraid to do sleepovers. I, um, the kid that was picked up in the middle of the night from sleepovers. So I I feel like I've always been a worrier, and I think that's what we called it when I was a kid. Um, I just worried, uh, and kind of what your um, definition, just worried about things that weren't always the most rational uh, things to worry about. And so, um, but we never called it anxiety or panic until probably um, I was, probably 19 or 20, I think it was my freshman year or sophomore year in college, and it just started to become more intense, um, where I'd be in class and I'd start having kind of, um, I guess they'd call it a panic attack, um, irrational thoughts, I'd have to like leave class, um, and I ended up actually dropping out of a semester of school because of it. Just I. Uh, it was just too hard for me to function, and I went and got some therapy, and um, I never did met the medication route, um, but I did get some therapy, and it seemed to go away. Uh, well, it, it lessened, I should say. Um, and then, again, um, after then I got married and I had three kids, and after I had my daughter, it started to show up again a little bit more intense. I had three kids under the age of four, and uh, I think, Um, my husband at that time had just taken a lead role as the senior pastor at the church we were at Um, so I think that added a little bit of stress and then I was also taking babysitting other kids on top of that um, just to make ends meet and I think it was just um, a a lot happening and that is when I really sought out really a lot of help just because it um, it became there were things I was afraid to do. Now, I, I never, some people you'll read, it keeps them from leaving their house. It keeps them from being able to function and have a job. Mine was never that um, way, but it was intense enough that I could not enjoy being at home with my kids. I could not enjoy going out. I did it, but I did not, enjoy, I was starting to lose the joy of, of that. And so, again, I, um, I sought out help. I did a lot of self-help and I really dug in the Word. Um, and something that really helped me after years and years of um, struggle with that is the verse, um, and I, I have it here, is, um, let me just see, I have it here. Uh, it's Philippians 4.8, and it says, um, Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I think sometimes, and we'll get into that, Anxiety um, steals that. You're thinking of things that aren't, you know, right and honorable and pure and lovely. You're thinking about dreadful things. And so I really, um, at that time, you know, probably 16 years ago is when it was at its worst, uh, This that verse really helped me to just kind of fix my thoughts on, well, what is true? Um, and we, we'll probably get to that when we, when we yeah. get down into, but I, I would say, um, that I, I feel like I carry this with me where I go. Sometimes it feels heavier and sometimes it doesn't. And um, again, I think we'll get to, to more detail of that, um, but I think you learn to function
0: with it. And so. And I think, uh, like Julie said, like she'll still do things like something like this. Um, we went on a girl's trip and one of her fears is flying and she gets like physically ill, but she did it. You know, she's got on that, but you've done more flying lately. And, um, you know, so sometimes you do need to step forward with fear and step forward with anxiety, instead of waiting for it to go away before you do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, as we go into the five things that we're going to be talking about, I am not minimizing what maybe you've been through. Maybe some of you have this place of anxiety because of something from your past, mm-hmm. something really traumatic. And one, I'm sorry you went through something like that, but I'm hearing that this isn't easy. I just want you to know. that I, I know that this isn't easy. And two, I'm also not saying that there's not situations where someone needs medication. Mm-hmm. You might need that, maybe it's initially, to get you even into a place to start to Relax or re- step away from that anxiety so we're not saying that but what we do want to do is talk about some Kind of practical things some things um, that you can do and start initiating into your life So let's just dive into this the first one that when Julie and I were talking that you know And I leaned on her for a lot of this I wanted her input and the first one that um, she mentioned was what she really has to make a point of doing is being present in the moment, mm-hmm. and I can remember a couple years back. If you re- recall, a good friend of mine, her son, they were on vacation. He dove into a wave, and he was instantly a quadriplegic. A year after that accident, we got together with the family and we said, "What's helped? How you doing? What can we learn?" And what her, the the dad said. My friend Steve said, "Is." I've learned the importance of staying in the moment, Mm -hmm. right? You know, if we look too far out, I can't do that. But talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that one, Julie. Yeah, I think that's super
1: important. I feel like with anxiety, a lot of anxiety is either you're projecting, you know, your thoughts into the future or memories from the past are haunting you. And so I think it's super important to stay, I call it the precious present moment. Um, enjoying that so I remember you know back 16 years ago when my anxiety was really bad I couldn't enjoy even playing with my kids I was thinking about the future or the past or um, and so uh, I really try to be deliberate on being in the present moment Um, and sometimes that's harder than others Um, and there's different ways that I do that is um, You know sometimes I just have to take it a second at a time you know like I think when you're talking about the Babs even if they looked 24 hours ahead it was scary you know because they there were so many unknowns with Tommy and um, with anxiety it feels like that sometimes like oh gosh if I think about tomorrow even um, and I think it's it's awesome that Jesus talks about that like hey don't even think about tomorrow let's just deal with today Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think um thinking about the present moment um when i have intense anxiety there are just different things that i try to do to stay in that present moment so maybe focusing on my breath um okay how am i breathing focusing on the feelings what do i see right now oh gosh it's blue skies what do i smell what do i taste what something to bring me back into the present moment um i feel like when i'm with my family i just have to stop and i you know, sometimes look at their faces and, you know, just try to get back into the present. And I think um, that
0: that's really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. So, and yeah. yeah. And I, I can see, you know, it, and I like that she added both don't look back or forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so often, if we look back, we can start to remember how we felt anxious before, and what happened, and start to mm-hmm. kind of go, what if that happens again? And what if, what if I can't get this to stop and I have mm-hmm. a full moment? That's your past. Mm-hmm. Today's a new day. Tomorrow has enough trouble its own. Don't look that far, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that you never look into the future, but for the most part, like she said, stay present is a great, great thing there. Um, the number two that we talked about, and this is Guys, you can, if you want, to downplay this, but it is legit truth. Satan wants to take you down. Okay? Satan is anxious. Satan is um, depressed, He is. He, and he wants you to feel the same. Mm-hmm. The last thing he wants is for you to be free of it. And the Bible is very clear that he is here to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And Anxiety can do that. Anxiety can keep you from stepping out and speaking out about the love and truth of Jesus And Satan wants that so it's really important that you listen to what Julie has to say on this right here
1: Yeah, I think I mean there's a lot of biblical truth to that that I mean I have things on here just about first Peter 5 8 watch out for your enemy the devil He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have Ephesians 6 16 where it says you need to you know have your shield of faith because Jesus or because sorry not Jesus uh, (laughs) The devil is shooting fire arrows at you um, That Jesus himself calls the devil the father of lies Um, And I think sometimes with anxiety We're hearing those lies. We're hearing those doubts. We're hearing um, things that aren't true um, which brings us back to you know Philippians four eight where it's like no let's kind of reverse that to to what is true. Um, I think something. Um, so I also do ABA therapy and so I work with with kids with high anxiety and um, something we try to kind of teach them and it's been really helpful to me is a concept called diffusion. And I think a lot of times um, with people with anxiety, they. Are almost fused with their thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I hear, I I can never go on an airplane. I could never go and do that. I could never. I could never. And so you, you've almost labeled yourself as that. Um, and what what I would say is kind of diffuse yourself from those thoughts, um, where you sometimes you are going to have them, and those arrows are going to be are going to be shooting at you, and kind of. Um, Accept them in a way, you know, even if you have to carry those with you And I don't know if I'm making any sense to you guys But if you carry them with you, but you don't fear them Mm -hmm. you hear them You you know you hear what what Satan's trying to tell you, but you don't fear them You just say okay If you need to come with me on this airplane right now and tell me that I'm not going to be able to do this Or that I can't be at this party today, or I can't move to California um that's okay. You can come and tell me all that, but I'm not going to fear you because mm-hmm. I know what the truth is. Yeah. Um I
0: think it's really important um my husband talks about that acceptance. So you, you think it sounds weird, but he when he talks about being set free from something, the first thing you have to do is accept that you're hearing it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, don't just keep going no no no. No, okay, I'm hearing that, but that's a lie. Mm-hmm. And I, I okay, so I'm I'm I, you're acknowledging it is kind yeah. of what he says. You acknowledge it. But then you push it you know, yeah. out as not true. And I think with anxiety, and I you know, I think
1: someone that really struggles with anxiety more than just generalized anxiety is you have anxiety and then you fear anxiety. Mm-hmm. So you have this anxiety, you have those feelings and then you fear the feelings, so then the feelings get more intense and then they get more intense and then they get more intense where and it's not easy. It takes practice, but just to accept those feelings, even if you don't love them. Because mm-hmm. I don't know anyone that loves the feelings. You accept them, but you don't fear them. You're like, oh, I know who this is. I know what this is.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: like it, but you know what? It
0: is what yeah. it is. It's kind of how I And I think, too, it. one of the things that when you hear the lie coming in, like I said, you acknowledge, it's, okay, I know, Satan, you're up to it again. And then what you do is, and it talks about this in, I'm um, pretty sure it's 2 Corinthians, where it says, you know, um, take every thought captive mm-hmm. and cover it with the truth of Christ, what Christ says. So having like those go-to verses, like Julie said, she has Philippians 4, 8, you know, it could be a super short one. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. Nothing's, you, know, you, you have that. Whatever is your kind of trigger what is the scripture that you can immediately have it can't be it's got to be up here guys you got to mem- i think you have to memorize it have it up here so no matter where you are you can call on it and i think that's even when
1: jesus was
0: tempted well
1: tried to be tempted by the devil mm-hmm. um well the devil tried to tempt him i should yeah. say uh he used scripture to battle you know he mm-hmm. and satan used scripture too which is kind of scary um yeah. and so and jesus just was like no this isn't this isn't true. And if Satan's going to try to tempt Jesus, why wouldn't he try yes. us who are yeah. much weaker? Don't think you're too holy. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay.
0: If he went after Jesus, you're one get can yeah. target after. Yeah. So. Um, so we're going to move on to, to number three. And this one guys, for me is huge. I would call myself an external processor, which is a big name for like, I like to talk with others about some things that I'm struggling with and, and I process that way. But I do believe that even if you're an internal processor when you're trying to make decisions, you more start inward. I think all of us need to have people in our lives. And Julie mentioned the value she has found in having friends that she could go to and be real with. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I I have really great friends. I um, I lost my best friend last year who was someone that um, I could definitely talk to about this but feel like the Lord really gave me really great friends here um, that I can be open with and say hey I'm I'm struggling right now and um, sorry I'm shivering it's so cold I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. so uh, that I can I can talk to I also I am blessed to have they would probably not call it a blessing but anxiety runs in my family um, and so I feel like anxiety can be a very, very lonely place because you think you, you are the only one struggling with this. You think you're the only ones having these thoughts. You're, th- you know, you think you're losing your mind sometimes. Um, I am blessed to have two brothers and a mom that I could call anytime and just say, hey, what in the world this is happening? You know, and they'll pray for me and they'll, um, just kind of, we can talk yeah. to each other. I also have. You know, Michelle might not experience anxiety, so she can't understand, like, hey, I I just can't turn my mind off right now. She might not understand that, but I know that she's praying. Uh, My friend Julie, I know she prays for me. Um, And that has been, you know, I I feel like when you start talking about it, you realize you are so not alone. Like you're saying, 40
0: million Americans, you know,
1: struggle with it. it's,
0: It's a real deal, yeah. Um, it's a big challenge. And you know, it's interesting. this Probably nobody noticed because I turned it down. But when we were working out, one of the thong- songs I played was a song called Dirty Shoes. And in the song, it says how we all try to kind of put our dirty shoes in the back of the closet and hide it. And it's about how we try to sometimes hide these things, especially as Christians, that we feel we shouldn't be struggling with. Hey, if I'm a good enough Christian, mm-hmm. I should be able to nip this today. And it's just, you know, it's something that, the last thing we should do is to push it aside and hide it and be embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. Bring it out. You know, conf- like talk to one another, and that's where healing begins. I'm not saying you have to stand on a roof and broadcast it to everybody, right. but you have to have those people in your life that you can go to and just be real and say, "Hey, I got some struggles going on right now. I, I need I need some help right now." And I think just don't put your jacket on.
1: I think um, if anyone, you read the Bible, everyone in the Bible has a struggle, you yep. know, and so, you know, I, I don't think because you're a Christian, your struggles go away. I think that Christianity is a, is a process of sanctification, and so when you, thank you, mm-hmm. um, sometimes sure. God uses these things. I'm not saying God sent anxiety my way purposely, you know, but I think He can use it.
0: Absolutely, um, for sure. So.
1: Yeah, and it's been really helpful um, to have such great friends. I don't know that, I mean, obviously I have God, but having a friend to talk to has really helped me a lot. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, number four, guys, we're going to go to, and we're not going to spend much time on this because if you've been around Faithful Workouts, you've heard me talk about it. But it is so connected, guys, Mm -hmm. exercise and eating healthy that makes a difference it might be even that you need to eliminate certain foods like you said caffeine sugar can trigger you right
1: yeah i i learned a while ago i was young when i learned coffee and and i don't they're not a good mix (laughs) no
0: no they don't and you have to know that like what are what is it for you you know so listen to your body be aware um we just heard from a guy who um sadly recently attempted suicide and he thankfully did not succeed and super like encouraged him to exercise and he is in a wonderful place again and he said probably one of the most important things was vigorous exercise Mm -hmm. for him to go daily and do that um my son is uh, very much his emotions are affected by his exercise Mm -hmm. so it's real you but the hard thing is when you're anxious or depressed or feeling down the last thing you want to do sometimes. Is exercise but it it is what you Mm -hmm. need yeah I would say the three major things for me
1: were to realize that coffee you know caffeine was not helping even though I love coffee Mm -hmm. um, I can do decaf on my yeah Mm -hmm. but even on my most anxious days that decaf doesn't help either Um, so no caffeine uh, or limited caffeine I should say some people can't just do none Um, sugar definitely and exercise for me is a huge huge help I can for sure tell when I have not exercised for sure yeah I think too and not to keep going I just think knowing yourself too and knowing your triggers knowing and if I could say anything is be compassionate to yourself Um, and not like I'm self-help lady or whatever but anxiety is hard you know, and when you do do something that might seem easy for Michelle, like, oh yeah, I just went to Spain and walked, you know, 85 miles on a hike, that would be really hard for me, you know? And when you do even the little things, I know a lot of people with anxiety, elevators are a big deal, driving on highways is a big deal, driving on bridges, bridges. is a big deal, escalators are a big deal, you know, like, not to give you guys all new triggers, but, um, celebrate those things when you do that hey mm-hmm. I rode an elevator today yep. up to the 44th floor I rode it to the second floor I you know celebrate and say you know what you I'm tell yourself I'm proud of you that was a that was a really big deal for you and you did it um, and just you know 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 your body know your triggers know. For me, sleep is huge, and we're gonna get there. (laughs) That's gonna
0: be our next one. Um, Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up celebration because I'm reading a book called The Life You've Always Wanted, and in there, literally, a spiritual discipline that they talk about is celebration. And sometimes, you know, we can be so joyless and so just, you know, Matt, we gotta learn to celebrate the the little things. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a big celebrator. Mm -hmm. I love to celebrate. I love to have a, a celebration around a table and all that, so I'm just, you know, celebrate. Um, all right, so we're going to go with the last yeah. one, and this last one is got a, it's kind of a big umbrella guy. It's got a lot of things underneath it, and it's rest. Mm-hmm. Rest can be all different things. One of the things that Julie does that I have not done, and I know it's something I want to do, do you know, incorporate, mm-hmm. and she truly incorporates having a what they call a sabbatic, uh, sabbath. sabbath. A Sabbath a day of rest each week. Tell us what that looks like and how does that help you? Uh, so
1: being in ministry our Sabbath typically is not on a Sunday just because our days are filled with ministry typically so um, My husband and I will actually try to do our Sabbath together um, and It might be a separate day of the week um, It's separate than a Sunday, so um, I just find it to be super important. It's honestly the the longest commandment of the Ten Commandments, if you read it. And um, God, I believe, takes it as serious as do not murder mm-hmm. and do not steal. Um, and I think he's giving it to us as a gift, um, a gift of rest. He did it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
1: so if he's doing it, we yeah. should probably do it. Um, so what it looks like to me is um, I don't work. Um, I only do things that bring me joy, so um, sometimes if working out is not going to bring me joy that day, I don't do it. I might go for a walk, Um, I might sit and read my Bible, I might just, you know, um, I don't do laundry, I might, I don't look at my work emails, I, uh, it's a day dedicated to God. Yeah. um, Of just, I'm going to rest my body, I'm going to rest my mind, Um, and it has been, uh, life changing for me and my husband, <clears throat> we we went to a like a Christian pastor's conference years ago, and that they spoke on that. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and that is we we soaked that in and we've been practicing it ever since. So. and I think too, you know, like she said, it is it's a gift for us. It's not I wouldn't and I you said kind of like murder. he talks about it like that it's not a sin. Right, to not do it. <laughs> it's, 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 I, don't wanna, I don't want you to look, it's, it's a gift that is a beautiful thing that he is offering and suggesting that we do, is how I look at it, because um, it is, it's something that, you know, our heart longs for, and he created us and he knows us. And I think also, um, in addition to, you know, finding just a day to set aside, which I think is super important, I am going to try to do a better job at it. The other thing is just look at your schedule. Is it packed? Mm -hmm. You know, busyness is a big deal. Uh, Again, reading last night, and um, John orberg I think it was Dallas Willis that was his mentor, and he called him and he said, you know, here's what's going on in my life. What do you have for me? And he said there was a long pause, and then Dallas Willard said, radically eliminate busyness from your life. Mm -hmm. Long pause, and John Orberg says to him, okay, got it, what's next? long pause that's it that's a big step guys to start to reduce the busyness in your life um i think the covid
1: if there's any positive um part of the covid i think that has taught us that you know like it has really made us less busy you you can't do half the things that you used to do and i think people are enjoying that i think people are at least the people i'm around have step back and are like you know even I was just visiting with my family in Chicago and my sister-in-law who has three kids had them all in sports and she's like I can't believe how much I'm enjoying this
0: time yeah. of just being at home with yeah. my kids so it's it's so true so remember that guys think about it just don't say yes just because you were asked mm-hmm. you know really take take time and seriously pray on it and go like God, oh, is this something I should add to my schedule and in addition to just that guy's sleep like mm-hmm. the actual being in your bed with your eyes closed. And that sometimes can be hard because you're like, I want to sleep, but I can't mm-hmm. sleep. I'm struggling with sleep. Get a routine at bedtime. They say that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Don't have caffeine. Don't look at your screens. I would suggest reading in bed, not on a phone, but in an actual book. Mm-hmm. You know, read your Bible before bedtime. Pray and ask God for um, help when it comes to sleep. So. What I want to do now is, Jesse, if any questions, because guys, Julie's here. If you have a question for shout it out. Um, I'm going to go, if you hold this, Julie, I'm just going to take a quick look over here on Zoom as well, in the chat. And guys, I, I haven't said it yet, but if, well, if you want to chat, um, let's see. Okay, hi, everyone. up close here.
1: Someone does have a question about something okay. you guys referenced with a scripture. Okay. So they said... You guys were saying something about how the devil used scripture, and it made her curious because sometimes she thinks of scripture that basically means like it's okay to do something and it might actually not be for her. Could this be the enemy trying yeah. to good, good,
0: good, manipulate Good, good, good question. So true. You know what? Have you ever, and I know Christians do this a lot, they'll take one verse out of context and they'll use it and say, like, well, you know, right here's what it says. And it's like, Well, let's look at the context of that, you know, Mm -hmm. and so, um, you know, Jesus used, I mean, Satan used scripture because he knows scripture. Mm -hmm. It's not that he doesn't know it, and he knows how he can also kind of twist and use it against you. So the number one thing you can do is to know God's word. Know his heart, know his, his plan, and if someone brings up, and I do this a lot, if someone brings up a point to me, I'll say first, hey, um, show me that in Scripture, if it's a Christian, you know, show me that in Scripture. And then if they show it to me, I'm like, well, let's look at the context of this.
1: Let's pull it out of where it's coming from, Yeah, what's the surroundings. Um, And I think that's what the devil did, is like, he tempted Jesus to almost be prideful or almost use his powers too early, and he had Scripture to, to back it up, and Jesus fought it with Scripture, so...
0: Yeah, like Jesus, uh, Satan said something like, you know, yeah, let's see how you're, you know, jump off this building so that you won't hit the ground because they'll save you. And and Jesus is like, no, the word, what it really says is don't, you know, don't tempt God, Mm -hmm. you know, and all that. So it is, um, and I love that the Bible tells us that Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. Know Jesus, hear his heart, read the red letters, which are the words that Jesus spoke. Um, I think those things can really help you to know the truth. And when you hear something, you know, if you believe in Jesus and you have his, the God's Spirit that lives in you, and that Spirit is your counselor, go to Him, literally, and be like, "Hey, Holy Spirit, um, what is this meaning? Like, help me mm-hmm. to figure this out. It's something's not settling right." So, I think too, just knowing God's character, yeah. knowing,
1: you know, read. Old Testament and New Testament. Read through Psalms. Read the Red Letters. Um, I feel like I love Psalms lately. Just I feel like I have such a connection there. And David, you see, he has anxiety. You know, like he'll say to God, "I am shaking uncontrollably. I am so fearful. I need your help." And um, I, I just love it. And there's just so much human emotion in there. I know it's. I think it's Psalm 79 where. I'm so cold, I'm sorry, I'm shivering. Um, You know, the beginning of it is like, God, are you going to listen to me? God, aren't you hearing me? You know, which I think a lot I of us yeah. sometimes feel like. Yeah. And halfway through, the psalmist remembers all the things God has done. Is like, oh, you split the Red Sea. Oh, you rescued us. And all of a sudden, his anxiety turns to joy. And I think there's a key there, oh, is like sure. giving praise. And yep. even when you feel like he's not listening, but... To know the truth, um, mm-hmm. to know God's character, and that is always love. Yeah. He loves you. He cares for you. He delights in everything that you do. Um, he, I, I've been really drawn to scripture lately that talks about God holding you by the hand. Mm-hmm. And I've been really trying to meditate on those. Like God's
0: got you. He's got your hand. Um, Let but, me just tell you, too, guys, the fact that Julie's just doing this right now just shows, like, what an awesome person she is because, let me just tell you, she has not had it easy lately. She literally, get get this, got attacked by an elk, like badly. Like, her shins were like major scarred up. The elk was attacking her. She had a death threat. She is moving to California, which involves a lot. Husbands joining a different um, church. I mean, so much going on, and they're moving in just a short bit, yet she decided to sit with us today and talk, so... I just want it to uh, my life experience I
1: if I had one wish it would be to take anxiety away I wish I didn't have it but I also think God I want God to use it I want to be used and um, I think yeah
0: thanks guys yeah isn't that awesome all right well nice being with you today if you have questions send me an email if you have a question for Julie send me the email and I'll get it on tour Uh, my emails Michelle at faithfulworkouts.com. Thanks for being with us today and if you know anyone who struggles pass this on to them. Mm-hmm. Thank Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.